0: This is the Talkin' Cowboys Break, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official
1: Dallas Cowboys app.
2: Welcome into the SWBC Mortgage Studio as we have a special edition joint show of Cowboys Break and Talking Cowboys and a special guest, Mike Marshall joining us today, of course. It's always nice to have you in here, Mike.
3: Always a special day when I'm on the podcast,
1: right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, and when you get to be on it with Nick Eatman and Derek Eagleton. That's right.
1: Two of my favorite people. So much of that sounds so disingenuous. (laughs) Not just because they're maybe your voice. It's it's just
2: my voice. I promise. We're all very excited.
1: (laughs) Old school, Valley Ranch. It's
4: been a while since you've been on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And
2: he had any old fights you want to bring up?
1: We never really fought on the air. I can't even remember. I'm sure there's some old breakers that probably can come up with maybe one or two. But I don't ever remember. Yeah.
2: They'll tweet it in.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: They'll tweet it in. It might have
1: something to do with Michael Vick. Yeah, maybe Michael Vick.
2: Did anything happen with DeMarco Murray at all ever? Did you guys agree on the same points?
1: No, not no, really. We no. disagreed about DeMarco Murray. I mean, I never but said we I hated DeMarco Murray. Yeah, we weren't we weren't hardcore on the opposite side, but
2: I, did, we don't really, have the I drop. didn't
1: really say that either.
2: We don't have the drop today.
1: Like
3: a fist fight over uh, Sean Merriman versus DeMarcus Ware? No, we both— Actually, Derek
4: will tell you, when they drafted DeMarcus Ware, uh-huh. I went into his office, and I was not—I didn't like that move at all. But not for the reason not, people think. Not for Sean Merriman. I yeah. was like,
1: you got to get Derek Johnson. Yeah, who just okay. retired. Yeah. Well, no, he just, he just got, got released, right? Yeah. I don't know if he retired yet. He might retire.
2: Well, could you all agree that Dez caught it because it is official. <laughs> he did catch it as the competition <sighs> committee agreed on yesterday.
1: I've got a tattoo saying the that exact thing, so <laughs> So
2: does Nick in old English on his back.
1: I just <laughs> I mean, I'm just glad that they finally said it. Like Thank we you. all kind of knew yeah. it, but I mean, yeah. Nick, we all had front row seats for it. Yeah. Um, so I think we all kind of agreed that that that, that happened, but it's good that they finally got around to saying, "You Did know this, what actually happened? You know that was the catch? Did Come they say on anything
2: now. about Calvin Johnson's?"
1: Catch? Actually, that was the report I heard was that uh, that both of those instances were agreed unanimously uh, to have actually been catches. But
4: but what I want to know is what is the rule now? Like what what, what are they going to say? I don't. I don't know don't know how go you go to every find catch and this. go that one is that yeah. one isn't.
2: I say yes to this one. Yeah.
4: What about the what about the Super Bowls? Are they all all those catches? Do we yeah. replay the game? can we just go up there now see that that's my biggest thing I, I know fans ca- <laughs> care about it but i've never really put a, bu- a bunch of stock in it because they weren't gonna win i'm sorry they weren't gonna win the game yeah great touchdown take the lead they weren't gonna stop Aaron Rodgers.
2: hey mike I, don't know. I
4: now i would love to to see it just like i want to see the 90, 1994 championship game after the pi should have been called on dion i want to see the you know, the the Cowboys last five minutes, but I don't think they would have won that game. And I don't think they would have beaten
3: Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Do I get my TV that I threw my remote straight through? Do I get that back oh, now? What happened?
4: What happened?
3: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I got I threw my remote at the TV whenever they said no catch.
2: You're so that definitely
3: guy. happened. You're that guy. So yeah. what happened? Hit the corner of it. It wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. Wow. I got a funny story to tell you. <laughs> in other you. words,
1: that's there's a going. ding yeah, there. There's a ding. But you can
3: still yeah, kind of yeah, see yeah. needed an upgrade anyway. It's not oh, a big Okay, team. there you go.
2: Well, you know, and there is kind of a Nick Eatman, Derek Eagleton curse, because they've been here for a very long time. <laughs> you guys and neither of them have seen NFC championship. No, we have not. In, mm. And they've been close. Mm-mm. But eh. until these guys have
1: we been close? I'm here now, it's fine.
2: Pretty sure we were close two years ago.
1: Yeah. That that was yeah, that was close, but they're the home it team was home that was really the only that was the only close
4: that one and then the other champion, the divisional game, yeah, those were the only Green two. Bay
2: Packers game. Green,
1: both Packers games were close to be to going to the championship. I guess I think honestly, I think they had a better shot when they were in Green Bay that year. I think there was a better shot of them going. I expect to a championship to game than I even thought two years ago at it Seattle. Tied. I know, but the way the game started. I mean, Jeff, I thought Heath, They he they were, were,
4: sacks him, if he fumbles, like any other quarterback would probably fumble, yeah. you get the ball, and I would imagine Bailey
1: makes the field goal. Yeah. I, I think I kind of think about after what happened in Green Bay, I kind of thought about the same thing there in that game. Like, even if things yeah. worked out, they were probably still going to overtime, and I just didn't have faith in the fact that if Aaron Rodgers had the ball in overtime, that you weren't going to lose i mean that's just it's aaron Rodgers. it's not so much this team it's aaron Rodgers, and we've seen him do it not just to the cowboys but to a number of teams he's just that good you know? well, so matt
2: ryan beat him that year so
1: yeah that's if someone true. would have told matt me ryan
2: is the goat
4: that in <laughs> 19 seasons of covering the cowboys that i would see a, a preseason tie but not an nfc championship game I, I don't think i'd believe that no the
1: odds are not with you on that one no. year old yeah
2: would you believe if uh des bryant is not the well, team next year nick what? Dropping bombs. What now? Will you believe it if Des Bryant is not on this team next year? I believe year? it.
1: Yeah. I, I really. Nick's always been saying that, though, in mm-hmm. all fairness. He I really
2: since, I I think Des
4: Bryant being with the Cowboys is the same odds as Des Bryant catching a pass thrown to him. It's 50 50. He had 130 targets. He caught about 65 balls last year. Every, every pass was 50 50 to Des. I think him returning is 50-50. I think the ball is going to be in his court at some point. Does he want to take a pay cut? I just don't think I, – I believe in "with the smoke, there's fire, and I don't think that Steven would be saying all this stuff and then
1: be like, well, you know what? We, we can handle that. We, yeah. We're good. I, I saw a tweet this morning, uh, my boy Jock. You know Jock. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was – and it's something we all know, but it just kind of, I think, made the point. He was like, think back to 2008. Steven basically convinced Jerry that – uh, look, T.O. is not good for this team. And at that point, T.O. was still a really good receiver, a very productive receiver, but he wasn't good for this team and convinced him that, hey, they needed to move on, and they decided to move on. So if you can do that with a receiver that was still producing at the level that T.O. was, what makes you think they couldn't do the same thing at for a guy like Dez, who may not be producing at the same level as what T.O. was at that point? That's a great point. I don't
4: like that argument, honestly, because Why? I because I don't— T.O. was going to be who he was. And that was why, if he, if he would have just shut up, which he, is impossible for him, but I mean, the production is unbelievable. You can't, you can't replace that. He's a Hall of Fame player, mm-hmm. of course. With Dez, I think it's different. Like, Dez is not a problem in the locker room. In fact,
1: Dez helps that locker well, room. Well, let's, let's play this forward, though. You've even said, and we talked about this our last show, I think, what happens in the event that the Cowboys wanted to do a contract with him that was more based on incentives? Now, do you create a problem for yourself in your locker room because now Dez is looking at it like, hey, I'm not just getting paid for nothing. I got to get catches. So are you kind of in a catch-22 that if you want to do the kind of deal that actually would make sense in this kind of situation where you protect yourself and allow the player, it may not be good for the team? Maybe that would create the problem for you. Well, they
4: they would be idiotic if they they put – incentives based off just his numbers alone you can't do that because he will pout all day those incentives have to be the offensive production the points scored on the you know p.i efficiency a, stuff like a p.i in the end zone first and goal at the one zeke scores mm. he made that play and so they got to do efficiency scoring points wins things like that that the team related goals yeah, mm. because because that's how it all works i mean michael irvin was so great but he didn't have the stats like some of the other great receivers, Emmett
1: was get, you know, scoring the touchdowns and all it, that. Let's assume that those team-related goals do happen, though. Are you still willing to pay him whatever that number is that you'd be on the hook to pay him? Because that, that would be the idea is if you're going to get this kind of deal done, you would probably make it, or at least the, the conventional thinking is, you would make it to where with the incentives, he would get back up to that number. Is it $16, million, 16 Whatever that number yeah. is. 16, He'd yeah. get back up to that $16 million. Are you okay with the idea that even if he has 65 catches— if the offense seems to click a little better this year than it did last year, and let's assume that part of that would be because you have Zeke for a full season, Mm -hmm. are you willing to pay him $16 million for that?
2: Does Terrence Williams get a touchdown that next year as well? I mean, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, I'm just talking about the whole receiver core in general. You know, you're talking about if the offense is clicking and everything. Yeah, if the offense is clicking and Dez still is 65, but your other receivers are producing more and they're able to get open, everything's kind of rolling it back to normal. I would
1: be happy with but my point is, are you if, if it is rolling back to if, if it's rolling like it was rolling 2 years ago, are you willing to pay, even though Dez only has 65 catches, are you willing to pay him $16 million? Are you that's 13 question. games? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. i yeah. it win him 13 games, good with that? Pay him
2: Yeah, I'm good whatever with he's that. got. Okay.
3: Whatever he's got, you win 13. And I think the main problem is Taylor brought it up, the top 3 wide receivers on this offense totaled 1700 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's an Antonio Brown season. <laughs> yeah. And we got three Good guys season. in one but guy. a season. Yeah. And three guys did that. And, and we're all pointing toward the top. And yeah, you, you can't say anything about Zeke
4: because they're, they're running back gets more touches yeah. than, mm-hmm. than anybody. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the problem is, you know, Michael Irvin came out a few weeks ago and was like, you know, he is a number one receiver, but defenses aren't treating him that way.
2: He, he's not seen as as much of a threat as he used to be. They,
4: they said yeah. it, they showed it. I mean, last year, I mean, they, that. they were not going to let Cole Beasley <laughs> 75 Cole Beasley catches to win. what? 37. I mean, I mean, cut Beasley's uh, catches in half. They limited Witten a little bit, and you know, and then they basically said, "Well, we'll take our shot with Des." And that,
3: that to me is not what Outside one. of the red zone, inside what? the red zone, he gets the the same attention. Right. I feel sure, yeah, I agree, and, with that. and properly so. But in between the twenties, yep. They don't care. They say you you can't take the top off this defense.
2: Yeah, Des Bryant spoke on Friday to the fan, and I thought this was kind of interesting when he said a lot of plays were left on that field because of me, me allowing my brain to be somewhere it shouldn't be. And I get that. That sounds like a, an easy— What e- did you think
1: that, mean, that meant?
2: Well, to me, I interpreted that as, you know, he's just kind of saying that he was a little bit distracted. Now, I don't want to put words in his yeah, mouth because yeah. distracted can be seen as a negative connotation for a football player. So I don't want to say that, but I think it says, you know, that he was— thinking of other things and if you watch some of the tape it looks like he's a little off balance or
1: possibly even thinking about football just not thinking about it in the right way I mean yes yes. a distraction can be you know he could be thinking about hey you know I I need to get more involved in the game I got to find a way to force my way in the game and that could be something that forces him to make make mistakes and not play the way he wants to play. So I, I agree with you. We don't, we don't want to put words in his mouth, but it could be a lot of different things. He well,
2: yeah, and he like. said, I should have been focused on football and just played football, and I promise that's what I'm going to do from here on out, regardless of whatever situation that I'm in. This is my job. This is what I love to do. It's all I want to do. It's all I care about. So, and we know, no one's questioning Des Bryant's passion here. I don't think that's at call, but this— so, th- what
4: it gets the it gets the best of him, like he was saying. I mean, the, the same thing that makes him great can sometimes be a deterrent because he he is emotional. He thinks about that drop, and now he's got to make a, a play to go overcome that. And it, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But but he is the emotional leader of this team, and I think he really helps them as far as training camp goes. We've seen in training camp, he's always been the most passionate player out there. He brings guard the me. level of the of intensity up to to everyone, and so. You you really can't replace that. It's gonna if they let go of that, they need to find somebody some something else that can that can help them in the middle of those dog days of training camp.
2: Yeah, but I, I you guys, Derek and Nick are fathers. It kind of sounded to me like something a child would say when it says, "I promise, I'm going to do that from here on out." <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, let's see it now.
3: The passion's there, and it's obvious, and it's obvious in practice. They have to hold him out. At times during practice, because he will just go too hard and wear himself out. And during games, I think he gets in a lot of one-on-one battles where he's trying to make a cornerback look silly, where he's trying to beat him over the top and trying to beat him for a 20 yard, you know, bomb down the sideline when the ball's supposed to be there at 12, 15 <laughs> and just trying to make somebody look silly. And that happens a lot. What does Tom Robinson do? You know, he, they gauge the the zebra stuff
1: no they, they they're yeah they're talking about the, the, the heart basically rate how what's all of that it's how fast you're running how far you're running what your heart rate is as you're doing those things like all those things they, factors so that they
4: test that and they have them
1: for every day of practice yeah. and with des i've heard them say before like
4: before practice even starts like his is higher than anyone is even close and he's just like you gotta calm down like yeah. but that's that's what he does That's that's how he is so there's a lot of things involved with that price tag and and they're getting more than just the 60 catches. And I'm not trying to be on both sides of this. I, I, I don't really know what they should do. I personally, I think this new coach could maybe help them because
2: Yeah, I
4: mean, what they need is, is a better route runners. That's what they need. I know I've said about speed and, and they could certainly use that, but they need guys that can run routes to help their quarterback. Uh, He's not going anywhere. We know that. Dak's the quarterback of this team, so they need somebody that can help him.
2: Well, it doesn't sound like DeMarcus Lawrence is going anywhere as well. Obviously, when Steven spoke last Thursday, I enjoyed this phrase because it just sounded so official, but he says, we'll do everything we can to try to make something work, and if we don't get it done, then we'll franchise him, and I I thought that was really clear, you know, to say that we'll get something done because, of course, they have until March 6th to place the franchise tag on Lawrence if a long-term deal can be reached, and then Of course, they have until July 16th, which we dealt with. Yeah, Dez Bryant last. Mm -hmm. That was kind of an interesting time. So, what do you guys think will happen with Demarcus Lawrence? It sounds like he will be on this football team next year. The
1: big difference you mentioned, Dez. The big difference is there is no. uh, It doesn't seem like there's any acrimony, and it seems like both sides are on the same page here. Either way, I think both sides are like, hey. If we get a deal, great. If we don't and we franchise, that's great too, at least Where's from what they're Dez saying. Dez was very clear he did not want to be franchised. Sounds like, from what, and not just sounds like, I've heard DeMarcus say on a number of occasions, if they franchise me, they franchise me. It's, it's all good, right? And I'm 17, was it $17 million? Yep. 17.5, I, I, I think yeah. he's probably like looking at that like, hey, i make making one year what I've made probably in my career so far. So, total. So I'm okay with that. And if I follow it up with a great year, I'm setting myself up to make that much, if not more, the following year and years to come. So I think he's. Pro- it sounds like he's okay with the idea of a franchise tag. So I think that's usually the best case scenario to get a deal done when everybody's on the same page. That hey, we got options here. We can decide which way we want to go. We're gonna do whatever's smart for my. I'm gonna do what's be- best for me. You're gonna do what's best for you. But we both feel like there are there are two options here that both are viable, and, and either way we're going to be okay with it.
3: Yeah. He's very comparable to Ziggy Ansah, right? Mm-hmm. And he just got tags. Mm-hmm. And Is he? You think he's he's comparable then? Yeah, there? I think so. As far as play, yeah. I think on the field. They're pretty they're pretty close. I, I don't know
1: what Ansa's numbers have been in the past couple of years. I thought that he'd had more production in past years, but I, I might be wrong about that. I know he's had he some is. injury issues. He's had a couple more
3: sacks, but both of them had injury okay. issues earlier in their career, just got healthy. Ziggy's still fighting through stuff, but he yeah. got tagged. And I think the most
1: important thing— He was a much higher pick, too. That's was. part of it, I guess.
3: He was. Maybe. I think the most important part is you have till July 16th. Yeah. You can tag him, say, you're going to be here. You have the security. But let's let's work on this for a couple of months. If you want, you know, throw a number out there. What are you looking at? What kind of length are you looking at? Okay, I'm not comfortable with that. Prove it again. That you're right about that. So July 16th. But you know, once you do that on
4: what's the deadline? March 6th. Yes. Mm-hmm. That that just starts the game at 17 million per. I yep. mean, like once you do that. Then once you just say, okay, we'll tag them, that's the starting point for the for their agent. If you can somehow get it beforehand, I don't know if you have to go $17 million per season or whatever. Honestly, their biggest number is going to be the, the guaranteed, whatever guaranteed. Right. I mean, that's that's really, what the guys care about. That's what they they care about. But um, I, I think it's important to try to get something done beforehand. So you can also be a player... Seventeen million is gonna be sitting on your books as you try to do anything in free agency. Yeah, and that's
2: then, the
1: reason why you wanna do it. So. Yeah. That's why you want to deal.
2: Yeah. And if you're looking at someone like Anthony Hitchens that you might want to try yeah. to keep, even though it's sounding like it might not be a possibility just with different teams having that cap space, that definitely does help. That's yeah. a great point. And as
1: much as you like Anthony Hitchens, to be honest with you, when you look at all the things that are coming up for the Cowboys financially that they have to do, I I really think he's kinda on the lower end of the priority scale. I, I agree. You know, I mean you think about the fact you got you got um, um, Martin that you're gonna have to do at some point. And so that's going to be a big deal. It's going to be
2: like maybe next yeah. week even. That
1: guy, That guy's probably going to be – after, definitely going to have to be paid in the top five, I would think, in, hmm. in we're gonna be know, talking offensive about, linemen in the NFL. We're so, going to be talking
4: about Zach Martin's contract for the next four years. Yeah. Because he's going to sign some
1: ridiculous deal. It's going to be And, and it, every year they're going to be like, well, they did this one restructure, thing. restructuring. You know, yeah. But, but I mean, tiring. I think it's – when you look at that, I think that's the part that makes this where, you know, you look at Anthony Hitchens and you're like – He's not on the level with what you got to do with Martin and what right now what you got to do with DeMarcus basically because of his position. Mm-hmm. He's a pass rusher. That's a premium position. You got to do something that, that makes sense there. Uh, I just I just think he that's a luxury compared to those other guys.
3: You don't you don't pay Anthony Hitchens. you find the next Anthony Hitchens. Um, guy that can give you good that luck. kind of productivity no, I, I, but I think you're right.
4: I mean and I think they already tried to do that. Yeah. And it shows that it doesn't always work. Damian yeah. Wilson, yeah. you know, yeah. Big 10 yeah. linebacker, fourth round. And and athletically he's he's way better than Hitchens from an athletic standpoint. But he's not he's, a better producer. He hasn't
3: he hasn't put it
1: together yet. Yeah. Somebody's going to get a really good linebacker. Somebody yeah. somebody's going to get a really really good linebacker, huh? I
3: think it's where our uh, linebacker coach went. I think Iberflus. Uh, oh, Colts? Yeah. Maybe I think somebody's a, gonna
1: get a really good linebacker because he can simple play. Simple fit to me.
3: They got a lot of money. He, I'm sure he loves him. Where is yeah. he from? He went to Iowa. I forgot
4: where Hitchens is actually is from. Not
2: anything? I think Yeah, he's from around there. But well we're gonna There you know. go. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah. Good luck.
1: And, and good luck with I'll that. I'll mean, say it I mean, might be we Missouri won't. now that I think about it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember.
2: Yeah. We're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we'll get more news from everything happening up in Indy. I know we're talking about them. We might be hearing from Dave Hellman giving us little sights and sounds. So join us after our first break here.
3: It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings. You end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com.
4: What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually,
3: you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation and so So is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football,
0: silver and blue This is the Talkin' Cowboys Break, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app.
2: We are back here in the SWBC Mortgage Studio. What? Are you
4: throwing a, like, you want some Tommy John stuff?
2: I mean, we always want Tommy John stuff here.
4: We always want it in the third segment, but you know what? If you, you can switch it up here, because really, freedom is freedom. It doesn't matter if it's second segment, third segment. All cowboys love their freedom. Tommy John gives you the freedom where it counts the most, which is down there. So it nestles, <laughs> it's it got a Never contour gets less awkward. pouch, <laughs> nestles you in fabric. It can get more awkward if you read it. So let you know.
2: No, I I, I always just roll with it. Do it in a different way, but keep going. <laughs>
4: Tommyjohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You get 20% off your first order. Tommy see, John.
2: See, why you were The girls
4: always mess it up. We know this. We know this when Amber's on the show. Hey, I'm the not girls getting in that. The girls mess up not getting Tommy John that. read because it's awkward and talking I'm about it. i getting in that. I wasn't even in that mind frame. We do it We do it in the third segment. So I guess you guys do it in the second segment. We we're do. Talking we
1: talking Cowboys. We land. Who that usually does the read for you guys? I'm Rob. Rob. Phillips, I yeah. can see Rob doing does that. Does he, like, switch it up way. his own thing?
2: I love it because Mickey will usually try to throw a curveball at him, like throw one randomly at Rob, and Rob's just like, okay. Rob just does the read and moves on. Yeah, he's like, you are not phasing me. Yeah, so. (laughs) But then in the third segment, we have our Papa John's.
1: Yeah, problem for us is we're children, yeah, so we devolve we very, very quickly into laughter and giggling, and so yeah, Fine. we call we, Tommy John the never official can. ball carrier of the yeah, team. We, we, we just stuff. we can't we can't get through a read without doing you it. Imagine and being silly. speaking of
4: sacks, uh, Tommy John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: right, yeah. that's that's our problem. Not it was that kind of show, Nick. It yeah, is that's our problem. Okay, we'll see. You. Well, it's it's me, Nick, Dave, and Amber. Like there's okay. there's like I said, there's a bunch of people on there that tend to revert to childhood. Frequently, yes. So, you know. Yes, it usually it's starts on that side of the, <laughs> the table, yeah. yeah, and kind of evades, yep. kind of comes back over to us. So, yeah. so well, we,
2: thank you for that.
1: You're thank welcome. You that.
2: Yes, we have our guys out at the combine this week. That's why Rob's not here, Brian's not here, of course. Dave isn't here. Kent, who else did we send out there? Oh. Jacob, 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 mm-hmm. Jacob Wall Yes. So everyone's getting all that stuff, and in fact, you know, we we think we'll probably talk to Dave at some point during the show. If not. He is talking to Steven again. So, man, Steven is always talking out there. That's
4: one thing that I that I hope can get more solidified in the years that come on. Like we do these senior bowls and the combine is like Jerry talks this day, Jason talks this day. Steven is just like whatever. I mean, he'll go to the bathroom and and from the combine grabs him after and they get up. him again. And yeah. it's like so, you, and you, basically, those guys are playing defense out there. That's why we're sending so many people. They play defense for the other people that are making sure that you don't get them. Yeah. So,
2: and, and of course, Garrett will speak this week. Will be today? will that be the first time he's spoken since? Senior Bowl. Mm. No, he didn't even say. it yeah, wasn't, he, at, he senior wasn't bowl, at Senior my bad. Bowl. Yeah. He wasn't
4: Senior yeah. Bowl. So. So, he hasn't talked this offseason, has he? First time since they lost to the Eagles? Or they beat yeah. the Eagles. beat the
1: Eagles. That's yeah. right. Come on. whip them. Since Pack Up Monday. Shut them down. Detroit, the Super Bowl champ
2: since january they're
1: at their place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was
2: Embarrassed Nate Sudfeld.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How could the
4: Eagles respond to that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The adversity, they figured
2: it out. Yeah. <laughs>
4: they figured it so out.
2: So, Garrett will be speaking. I'm sure that he will enjoy that and share a lot of details about what's happening next. Wow. I don't think so. Wow. I think I think it'll be pretty vague because we're in kind of a vague period. And he's oh. kind
4: of a vague guy.
2: Well, we're just in that awkward time before free agency starts, before really any deep draft news has come out. So it's it's easy to be vague. You know, look at what everyone's doing with Des Bryant and everything.
1: Yeah. Quite frankly, I mean, maybe this is just my opinion, but it doesn't seem like when it comes to the offseason, in particular, player moves, that Jason has traditionally been one who talks a whole lot and talks very uh, openly about that kind of stuff. You'll usually get much better information from Stephen, Jerry, because uh, I think they're probably much more involved in in that. Obviously, not to say the coach isn't involved, but I think you know that's the the that's the workings of most teams is that your GM and your player personnel guys really this is their time of the year when they're trying to put together the kind of roster that the coach then has to coach up and and put out on the field. I wonder how those dynamics
3: games. work. Like, do they go to him, and go, okay, we're gonna release this guy, we're gonna start looking for this position. You cool with that? Like, is yeah. that is that what you had in mind? Because these guys have been thinking about it since year before last. Yeah of when this contract ends when we need to add
1: uh, a rookie contract on this position because this position is getting a little pricey for us that kind of stuff you know the fact is I and again I'm not I don't know this because I'm not in those meetings but I would suspect it's very similar to some degree to the same things we do like yep. even though everybody has roles it everybody can have an idea so I, I would guess there are times when coach Garrett might have an idea like hey I, I'm thinking about this player like this particular player, I've kind of noticed, he might be available to us. What do you guys think? Like, I think it can come from a lot of different points. And they talk about it all the time and say they have the kind of open, you know, open kind of dialogue amongst that group. And that'll include Jerry and Steven and Will and Jason to where they're all kind of collaborating to to kind of figure it out. And at the end of the day, obviously, Jerry owns the team. So Jerry will make any kind of final decision uh, where there needs to be a tiebreak or whatever. But I think they all probably collaborate into that. And i bring ideas to the table, and, and then they kind of discuss it and figure out how and they're going to
2: go. You look at Marinelli, and he's yeah. real big on his defense guys being orphans. So oh, yeah. You see that happening a lot more frequently. Yeah, and the new yeah.
1: coach on with that. The new coach,
4: <laughs> seriously. I knew that was going to yeah. go. I knew that was coming. Nip that in the bud. That's you what I that. would say orphans my ass how about let's win some games with some really good players yeah. like well they they're about to
1: spend some money on a on a really good defensive end so the orphan title yeah has to go yeah. a little bit like yeah. he not he's not a surprise to anybody at any yeah at that, point. I, I we gotta stop that just same with the with the
4: next man up that thing doesn't work it doesn't
2: it did it, for it, the eagles
4: it well it but it did it didn't work okay that didn't work for the Cowboys. Yeah. So stop saying it and stop acting like it. And I bet you it really didn't work for the Eagles. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I think you could make that argument that maybe it, it didn't, but um, because, yeah, the player came in and played well. Did they do it differently? Did, yeah. did, did they handle Jason Peters' replacement exactly the same? Because the Cowboys tried that with Chaz yeah. Green, and that he's
1: not next man up. He's not. Turned- well, we know from the standpoint oh. of the quarterback that they did some very different things. Yeah. Like as, as they were going through those games, they talked quite a bit about the fact that they basically changed the offense to fit Foles from the standpoint of running the those RPOs, those run-pass options regularly because they figured out right. that's what he does well that's where he's most comfortable that wasn't what they were doing necessarily all the time with Wentz so yeah they absolutely changed things up and started kind of going to what he and, did and I'm not going to say the Cowboys don't do that right we just Romo
4: didn't. to Dak right
1: I mean, obviously right they, obviously, they had, they had to make it. some changes I've never
4: seen zone read with Tony so, right I mean you know they they did some things
3: differently and but I, I think it takes like three or four crossroads before they admit okay let's change this
1: right let's well the give exam- this guy the best chance the example was the Atlanta game, right? Yeah. They didn't change it up fast enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the fourth quarter, when when the guy had already given up six sacks, then they're finally like, okay, yeah. well, let's go ahead and – and put Byron Bell out there. But by then, I mean, the damage is done. It, I mean, rarely too long to
4: name was already in their ring of honor. <laughs> right
1: the quarter. They were they chiseling it. it. Like, literally, the, they the had a guy out there was chiseling Jones. it out.
2: Yeah, yeah he was Jones. the
1: first guy in.
2: Very special <laughs> moment for him, absolutely. I, I rarely Did they do that, this. like,
1: right after the game? like yeah. Before everybody left the field, they went ahead and had the yeah. ceremony, right? It
2: was just like the crane was yeah. rising. He got yeah. a
3: bonus for that, too, didn't he? He reached, like, 10 sacks for the season off after that day. Yeah. 'Cause yeah. he had
2: eight in one day.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Best day of his life. Yeah. Like retired. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Like, you're not week, going to You're not gonna have yeah. a better game than that. Yeah. So coaching cost him that game. And I feel like that's something we rarely have to say. Like in any sport. I'm never like blame it on the coach. Like, play better, you know? Play better. I'll perform the guy across right. from you. But man, I you look back at that Atlanta game, I remember that game for well, a decade.
1: But not to say I'm talk I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but I, I don't think we can also allow that game to paint the picture that they don't make adjustments cuz I think that's unfair as well. Work. I think that was a bad example. I mean that was a bad situation that they should have adjusted to a lot faster. I think 9 times out of 10 they probably handled that.
4: Before thing. before the season, I think you could have said, "Give me your three most valuable players on the team." And I, I most people would probably have said Zeke Sean Lee and Tyron Smith.
1: Yep, I mean, I, I, I think you, I think most answers are those three. I don't know. Maybe Dak gets into yeah, that conversation yeah. he, just because, might, but the backup behind him, people were not very comfortable true. with. So but what
2: they had seen two years ago, yeah, yeah.
1: So they played that whole game without all three of them, and you know,
4: I, and I think most teams would have issues with that. I know you don't say no excuses, but most teams would have a problem with your three best players. But you know. The Cowboys they had they had to do a better job of, of adjusting and they didn't and so that's you know the Eagles that's where the Eagles come into play
1: because their coaches obviously did a, did a good job throughout the
4: playoffs and yeah
1: and that's the thing about the Eagles if you said the same thing about them at the beginning of the season arguably three of their most important players if not their most important players were also out when lost their quarterback they lost their left tackle. And I would probably put Darren Sproles in that, in that mix because of what he provided for them in veteran leadership. They also lost their linebacker, who was a really good player on their defense. Um, so they lost some guys. There's probably other guys you could point to and say they're more important, but I know those two, the quarterback and the left tackle, were definitely among their yeah. top three most needed players. I want to know yeah. what these new most coaches necessary. Think.
2: I was just going to say, Mike, it is now official that Cowboys have announced their new hires in coaching. There are 10 they new did? coaches. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah, last Friday. <laughs> Around uh-huh. the same time they announced that, that they have four compensatory I was busy uh-huh.
1: cheffing it up, so I didn't really yeah. notice.
2: Yeah. No, cooking. no, no, it was Friday. It was Friday? Yeah, it was it Friday. Friday.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Okay. Yeah. I want to know what these the guys, now that they've been here for a minute, if they come in and they go, why the hell were you doing it that way?
2: Paul Alexander's <laughs> like...
3: Yeah. yeah, I hope so. Years. Honestly, I hope he so. He
1: looks like fun. I want to get to know Paul. I absolutely hope so. That's yeah. the, to me, that's the beauty of bringing in new players and new coaches every year is because you want people to come in to shake things up and say, why are we all doing that? Yeah. Like, what made you think that was the right idea? If for nothing else, it might have been the right idea, mm-hmm. but at least have to voice that and have to justify it rather than just continuing to do what you do thinking, well, yeah, nobody's questioning. We're, we're doing the right things here. Yeah, right. We're just not winning. No, I, I want people that come in and question everything. Great yeah.
2: point, because maybe Chris Richard has come in and questioned Byron Jones' position. Because now we're hearing he, he's probably just going to be the cornerback that he came here as.
1: Well,
4: so the group. I don't know. Is that I, I don't know what we're hearing there. I, I hear
2: he said it's a work in progress. Obviously, the safeties that we are are there. We're looking at between Kayvon and Heath and Xavier. Those guys are theirs. But if we move him down, then obviously we're thin there, and that becomes a position of need, if you will.
1: It sounds like from what Steven's saying, it sounds pretty clear to me that they're going to give it a shot with him at cornerback. You've been saying, I know again for a year that you think he's a better cornerback than safety. I didn't necessarily agree. Obviously, they agree with you on this, I, and it's just because the time whoa, whoa, whoa. that he spent his rookie on. year. Before
4: you say that, you got to go back to two years ago or three years ago when I was like, this guy is
1: not a corner. He right, a safety, and that was so my point. Like I was when he wrong played, when he played point. some corner, I thought he was okay. I was like, if that's my first round pick and that's what I'm getting at corner, move him to safety. Yes. I want to see what he can do at safety. Yeah. And now it's like, let's move him back to corner because obviously what they got at safety. They if they feel like Jeff Heath and Kayvon Frazier and, and, um, Xavier. and Xavier Woods are better options at safety, that tells me a lot about what they think yeah. about him as a safety. And that's nothing not a knock on those guys as much as just to say, I don't think any of those guys are like great safeties. Yep. I think they all had moments this last year where you're like, okay, I saw something pretty good from them but I don't think they're great safeties. It's, I would expect more out of my first round pick. You
4: know, I think that players like this also help you in in uh, the free agency and the draft when, you know, if, if a safety comes along that they can acquire, then obviously it'll make more sense to, to move him there. But it but you get to the draft and you're sitting in the second or third round and they had a grade on this corner. It wasn't a, necessarily a high need, but it's there. And he, this guy, we got to take this guy. Maybe that changes your position a little bit. And so players like that, you're like, well, let's see what we need. And then where we can move them. That's not really great for him long-term because where's his home? You know, you kind of want want him to have a home. But I think Steven said a lot in that quote because he's basically saying, if we do that, we have a need for safety. Ding, 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 ding. Chris Richard was where? Seattle. Mm-hmm.
1: Richard was in <laughs> Seattle.
5: E.
4: And
1: Seattle, don't, have, don't start movie. putting pieces together, e. man. Don't start. Movie. We don't know what the puzzle is supposed to look like, so don't start putting pieces. Together. If you, you get, get me up, too excited, you get
3: a headline that says "ET Come Home."
2: <laughs> You've won. You've won. Yeah. You so won. what we're trying
3: to get to. I love, I love the position flex stuff, like especially among the defensive backs. But tell me where that guy's a first-round talent. What position is hey, he? A first round he's talent. Pulling
2: him out like that. Yeah, I
3: like, think. It's show an- me, show me where it is. It's supposed to be a tight ends guy, right? I think I know where it is. It's an indie. Yeah. Long jump. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. Long his jump.
4: Different. Oh, I thought you mean like workout warrior. No, <laughs> maybe uh, at some point, but no, I think I think he jumped his way into the first first round literally, and I think we're seeing it now. Where where do we put him? You know, where, where do you, where do you play him? I think he's gonna
1: be a nickel corner. He's
4: gonna, they play
1: nickel a ton, so he, yeah. But where does he fit there? Because I mean, obviously Xavier Woods did a lot of nickel duty last year, and I don't think he was bad at it. I mean, I don't no, know if you guys but, may have a better idea than that. I just but the piggyback rides have to end with with Byron Jones, and that's that's
4: why I think he he wasn't a, a, a great safety. Like he's just look at his look at his frame. I mean, he looks like if he can get the cornerback thing down, like he could be a good corner. If it he he, he struggled as a rookie had a hard time covering Jarvis Landry in that
3: one Miami game. And then it was like, okay, moving back to safety. But I think tight ends killed us. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was like his role for a stretch of each season. And every time I saw a tight end, I was like, where's Byron? Where's Byron? Oh, no. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take our final break here. And when we come back, we have Dave Hellman from the Combine giving us updates as Maybe. he just spoke to Steven. So join us when we come back.
3: This This, this, is the
0: Talkin Cowboys Break, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com
1: and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Today's playing Double Dutch.
2: So excited to be back here in the SWBC Morris (laughs) Studio, but more excited to talk to my good pal Dave Hellman, who's out there in Indy, just grinding. David Hellman.
0: Oh. I need you. Who he is.
2: David Graham Hellman. Are you on the
0: I'm the guy that's filling our website with content right now.
2: Davey, what's up? Wow, wow. we're shots. live on air.
0: The guy, huh? Good.
4: <laughs> Good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell Rob to
0: come
1: home then because you're the guy. Ooh,
0: I mean, y'all didn't call Rob. You called me. Good nice. Guy, Here we okay. go. All
1: right. All right. Rob, we love you. I hope Rob isn't right there beside you. Wait,
4: I, think, I no, thought we doesn't. called you because Rob is that. putting the content up there. So. <laughs> we figured he was busy. Tag Team.
2: Yeah, well, and we saw all of your awesome tweets yesterday, Dave. that were just killing the Cowboys wire. Yep. So, uh, after speaking to Stephen today and yesterday, what has been the most exciting or intriguing part that you've heard from him?
0: Oh, hmm, good question. I don't know, Des? the most I don't know if anything's particularly exciting. I think this whole offseason is just really intriguing. And Steven Jones kind of emphasized that just in the sense that like I'm heading into the next few weeks with the idea that like anything seems like it's possible. I mean, you know, whatever storyline you want to pick, Des Bryant, is he going to be on this team? I don't think the Cowboys are committed to that at this point in time. Orlando Skandrick, are they going to try to move him because of Byron Jones moving the corner? I think that's totally possible after what we've heard from Steven Jones. Um, It just seems like you look across the roster you know, left guard, linebacker, whatever it is you want it to be. With the exception of, like, quarterback and running back, I feel like everything else is up in the air. And the Cowboys haven't really been shy about admitting that. Um, so What
2: happened with like the Scandrick thing yesterday? What's that? What was the Scandrick news yesterday? People were very confused on Twitter. Conflicting reports there. Yeah, uh,
0: there are definitely conflicting reports about that, thanks to members of the Dallas media. That I think I'm we need to just name. chill out there, don't you think? <laughs> Yeah, people needed, to, I mean, no, okay, you know, to clarify, Steven Jones never said the Cowboys were planning on trading or cutting Orlando Scandrick. But uh, he did say, you know, he did say, you know, that's something you take a look at, you know, you factor in the very likely the very likely possibility that Byron Jones is moving to cornerback kind of gives you a glut of numbers. Uh, and Orlando Scandrick is the one that stands out because of his contract, because of his age, uh, because of his performance down the stretch of last season, all of that stuff. And then, uh, he was asked, you know, is trading him something you would consider? He said, you know, you always want to consider trading somebody before you cut them. You want to get something instead of nothing. He wasn't necessarily specifically referring to Skandrick, uh, but I think it comes into play when you're talking about, you know, the youth movement in the defensive backfield. Um, and then, you know, I know Orlando Skandrick came out and he said something, just, you Anderson uh, this morning along the lines of wanting to handle the situation, right? So, Like I said, did Steven explicitly say any of that? Not really. But I think if you read the tea leaves and read the writing on the wall, it's certainly something that could come to pass, uh, you know, depending on what the Cowboys do in free agency in the draft.
3: Hey, David, it's your uh, your boss, Mike, here. A quick question. (laughs) I saw you tweet after... hey, Michael. Hey, David. After the uh, Witten event, that your mind had completely changed on, uh, on Steven's comments about Dez. Uh, and to me, every, every time he's doubling down on the comments, it feels like he's writing like a concession speech. that he's <laughs> got, That's going to be the, uh, the opening of training camp when we're all sitting there. And he's like, well, it was a tough decision. And he said that word or that phrase about 25 times now. Do you feel like that was what, what flipped your, your opinion of the situation?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, you're totally right. I mean, Always. he said it in January at the Senior Bowl and he said it he said it here he said it last week at jason witten's uh the ceremony for jason witten's collegiate award he's said it at least three if not four times at this point and you know maybe i was willfully not listening to it the first couple times but when he has several chances to clarify what he means and he kind of keeps doubling down on it that you know this is a business this is a tough decision we have to make these are things we have to look at like i said i can't say to a certainty that it's going to happen but You know, as firmly as I thought Dez wasn't going anywhere a month and a half ago, I'm a lot less confident now. And, uh, you know, knowing what we know about Stephen Jones, you know, he was willing to cut DeMarcus Ware. They obviously were willing to move on from Tony Romo when it looked like the right situation. It doesn't seem like something he would be afraid to do. Uh, And I think the the Cowboys' salary cap is in a good enough situation right now that it wouldn't kill them to do it either. So can I say for a certainty that it's going to happen? No, but I'm at the point now where I wouldn't be surprised.
4: Yeah. Dave, uh, tell us how the rest of the week is is going to go. Like, obviously, the shows that you and uh, Brian and Dane are going to do. And then Jason today, Jerry, we think this weekend. I mean, how, wh-
0: yeah, so, well, I think I think uh, I'm with I'm with our other colleague, Kate Heropolis, from the Dallas Morning News right now. I think we can probably comfortably say Stephen Jones is done talking for the week because we got him for a half hour yesterday and we just talked to him for another 10 minutes today. I'm not sure what else we could have to ask him, but, uh, Jason Garrett talks at two Eastern today. So one o'clock y'all's time. So we'll be sure to get, you know, I'm hoping for some updates on the coaching staff. Uh, Jason obviously hasn't really spoken publicly since the season ended. Uh, so he goes at two Eastern, one central, and then every night for the rest of the week, myself, Brian brought and Dane Bruegler will have an episode of the draft show. I think we're aiming for 5:30 Eastern today. Um, we'll be sure to keep people updated on the times because it's kind of fluid. And then we're going to cap the whole week off, hopefully, with a sit-down with Jerry Jones on Saturday afternoon sometime. So that's kind of the schedule that we're expecting to follow but the fun thing about events like the combine is that all kind of changes hourly but that's what it's looking at
1: right now so so far there's been uh, mostly information around the cowboys it's come from steven and obviously you'll get jason today. take me to the other side of the coin the combine part what's happening up there from the standpoint of the the eligible players are they are they doing weigh-ins today what kind of stuff is happening from that standpoint
0: yeah it's kind of um you know I always forget that there's kind of a wait for that part. Like, I mean, the players are they're going through their measurements and their their weigh-ins and their MRIs and their medicals and stuff like that. But unlike the Senior Bowl, none of that's public here, uh, so we're not we're not privy to that. I know uh, Charles Robinson from Yahoo and a couple other reporters who are well connected are tweeting out some of that information, but there's nothing for us to do. And then I believe uh, the player interviews begin in earnest tomorrow morning. Uh, so you'll be hearing from, you know, it's all sorted out by position group. I think I want to say defense starts first. And uh, so we'll be hearing from all those guys. And that's that's when Brian Broaddus obviously shines. He'll be in the thick of all that starting tomorrow. But right now it's mainly uh, coaches and general managers kind of given their state of the unions. And that's been going since 9 o'clock and will keep going until about 4 or so.
4: Dave, can you do me a favor? If somebody gives you a,
0: or offers you a T-shirt, will you just take it? No promises, only if it's good. Okay. Yeah, if all Andrew right. Mason I don't feel, does, he probably will. I, I don't feel the least bit guilty about that. It was a crummy t shirt.
4: Well. Have fun hanging with your Pittsburgh pals and uh, <laughs> are,
3: we, are we done? I got I got a couple for Dave. Uh, oh okay. So you got oh, time, wow. Dave. you got time for me. Yeah. He, he hey, doesn't, I'm not but... doing,
0: yeah, I'm I'm walking back to the convention center right He's now. He's not I busy at all.
3: Which uh, which position or uh, is there a player, is there a guy you're looking forward to talking to and who has like the most to lose, most to gain? of the guys that are at the combine
0: guy I'm looking forward to talking to the most. Uh, I mean, I sound like a broken record if you listen to the draft show, but I just love Derwin James. I think he's a beast. I think he can play five different positions. I think he's going to jump out of the gym. And that's the thing that bums me out is I want the Cowboys to draft him at 19, but I think by the end of this week, that's going to be a pipe dream. Uh, so that's the guy that I'm really looking forward to most to lose I was you know we were kind of talking about that as like you know you think back to like last year like your Joe Mixon's like there's usually a guy with a troubled history who's Reuben got a Foster lot of prove last at year? the combine What's that
3: Reuben Foster last year
0: yeah Reuben Foster's another one yeah we were wondering who's going to get in trouble with the medical staff this year but <laughs> there really there isn't a like a high profile guy who kind of fits that criteria this year and, and if there is one I would say it's probably Baker Mayfield I mean you know every you know Half of people love him and think he's a top ten pick. The other half think he's a punk uh, yeah, who's brilliant. too short to play quarterback. So I just think, like you, you know.
2: Yeah, then we all feel. I like. mean,
0: that's really apt. I hate to admit it, but that's <laughs> <laughs> where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, so he's the guy that I think a lot of people are going to have a close eye on, just to see how he deals with the scrutiny and the questions, and if he works out, how well does he do, and stuff like that. Um, not really very sexy for the Cowboys because I don't anticipate they're going to spend a first-round pick on a quarterback. But,
1: no, but having those uh, picks go earlier than the Cowboys helps, right? So you hey, want them to do well.
0: I'm, I'm starting to think five quarterbacks are going in the first round, and that can only be good news for yeah. the Cowboys in terms of pushing other players yeah. down the board. So Absolutely. that would be great. I for hope Baker does awesome.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that Cowboys fans have to be pushing for all these quarterbacks to do well, Lamar Jackson included, mm-hmm. so that hopefully they intrigue one. somebody and then get up in, uh, in the first round above, ahead of 19. That helps the Cowboys.
0: Or or do you want them to fall so that somebody behind the Cowboys wants to trade with them? Okay. To get a I don't okay. want to
1: trade back. I want to take the pick, and I want to take a pick that's worthy of being up. There. Line that that was no Derek fun. Eagleton talking, not Jason Garrett. Why don't Garrett. you want a wheel and deal? That's because, the Cowboy way. Because yeah. the yeah, coaching
4: staff right now like, is like, on the ice, that's cracked, like they can just <laughs> fall through. They hear it cracking, around right? Them. They can hear it, yeah. so but they need they need somebody that can help them. Yesterday, yeah. not
0: next. What year. if I told you that you could get a starting left guard at pick twenty six, and it's then like a have a thirty extra for, for thirty.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, all I'm saying is, I want, and I we had this conversation. I think it was last week on the show. I want more catalytic players, particularly for this defense. And my fear okay. is that the more you fall back. The more you get good players rather than players that make huge impacts, like Demarcus. Leonard. No, the last time they traded back in the first round, how long did it take you get there?
0: Center, so, yeah,
1: yeah, but that's, just saying. Well, that's yeah. not a catalytic player. That's a that's a really good player, and it's a, a center. Like wait, he wait. doesn't change games, does he? Yeah, unless he screws something yeah, up. Yeah, I right? think he's changed a few games.
0: Talk, I mean, yeah, you say whatever you want. I mean. uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm open. I think the main thing, and that's, you know, Brian repeats himself all the time on the draft show, but I think any Cowboys fan you're picking in the middle of the round, this isn't a particularly, you know, top heavy first round. I think just be open for anything. I think there's about 18 different directions they could go and all of them make at least some sense. So I'm just trying to broaden my horizons. Really, (laughs) the only thing that would absolutely stun me is if the Cowboys
1: draft a quarterback in the first round. I think anything else is on the table. Would stun me as well. I think most people probably would be stunned by that.
2: Well, thank you, Dave. That was just excellent insight and news from you. Thanks, gang. We have a beautiful picture of you. (laughs) Very festive. I'll
1: text it to you. You'll love it. Yeah. I probably look like a
0: tool. It's fine. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, bro. Y'all have a great rest of your week. Thanks for calling, and stay tuned for more updates. All right. Y'all be All safe. Well. Keep doing a good job. See you. At right, home in
2: D.C. When I first got here, I thought that stood for at home and defensive coordinator. <laughs>
1: Because
2: that's what he thinks he is sometimes. Okay. <laughs> that's what he thinks he is.
1: More offensive, actually. Yeah. Offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a lot more apt. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it's interesting just offensive. to hear that Derek thinks that we would just survive without Travis Frederick here. That's
1: not what I said. You're not understanding my point. What I'm saying is it's the Catalytic. difference between Replace it's a the different level guy. It's the difference between having a really good player. And having a player that is all pro caliber that changes games. Like think about the defense right now. Other than Sean Lee, can you name another player? Maybe you could put DeMarcus in that in that category yeah. now. But a player that in crunch time of games, everybody that okay, he's Jeff, gonna he, make he's going to make a play for right. you to Jeff, get he, you a win. I don't think they got a lot of players right,
4: like that. Right. But but I mean I think you're also forgetting that you know on the drive to beat detroit and i'm just throwing something out there you know in the playoff game where their safety comes right here and and frederick's like shift this this move here running back goes here and then boom and you know like that changed the game we didn't see it because it looked normal but i mean he's making are we sure it happened no i'm not sure i'm just saying he makes the line calls you know i haven't seen you don't see you don't see romo running around like the ball snapped over his head i mean the snaps are there he's good i think he's
1: He's let's stupid. let's assume let's assume you're right about Travis Frederick. That doesn't mean that if you drop back to 23 and you get yourself a guard, that that guard's going to have that same kind of oh. impact, especially on an offense by, offensive line. By the when way, that already has a great guy on this, that, the – If we're going to call Travis that good, right? That means on his right side he's got Travis, and on his left side he's got Tyron. I think Dave's point. Is that going to make
4: that big of a I think difference? Think Dave's point was they traded back in the first round and got a franchise, a cornerstone player. So you know, and they they've traded before and gotten DeMarcus Lawrence early in the second. So they there's success stories about trading back. There's some bad stories about tra- there's bad stories about trading up. Absolutely, Go get oh, Claiborne. Claiborne. Mm-hmm. So, there
1: are bad stories about staying where you are and picking. I mean, it happens in all three fa all three yeah. ways. There have been good and bad. there's good right. and bad, right? So I think David Irving can be a game changer. I think that's going to be a real tough Can decision. be. The question is just how consistently can yeah, he, can he play? Like, he's just not been a consistent player, but he certainly has made enough plays where you retreat. trash plays everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think
2: that Jeff Heath is that guy. I mean, you're talking about crunch time. Jeff Heath has come in crunch time. I will remind you of the Raiders game. <laughs> it's Jeff yeah.
1: Heath. They also allowed that drive all the way down there to where yeah. they're about so to then score. Wouldn't that be I mean, a missing link of Jeff, Jeff Heath, thing? to me, again, is a really good player. Well, let me take whoa, that. Whoa. I think Jeff Heath is really? a good player. I think Jeffrey Heath is a good player, right? I don't think Jeff Heath is a great player. I don't think Jeff Heath is the kind of player that – that defenses have to game plan around. I don't think he's that kind of player. And that's more what I'm talking about is that player that defenses have to go into – I mean, offenses have to go into a game and say, we need to account for this guy. I don't think the Cowboys have enough of those players on this team. Yeah, and it's not likely you're going to get that in the 19th overall. Maybe not. Right? I mean, maybe. But let's assume this for a second. If all of those five of those quarterbacks get selected before 19, sure. now there is a chance that maybe you get – because. What did they say the other day? I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't obviously do the work of getting ready for the draft, but I think he said there were what seventeen, maybe seventeen or eighteen guys that have first round grades in this draft. Mm-hmm. So you now put five of those guys that maybe don't have first round grades that are quarterbacks in that mix. That drops a few guys down that are that still have first round grades 18. that will be available for you at nineteen. You're going to get. That's all career. I'm saying is if you're getting a first round grade guy. It's the difference between that guy and, say, a Byron Jones, who you got in the first round but wasn't a first-round great. That's why they fell
3: back for Frederick, right? They were out of first-round guys. Right. That's exactly right. second round starts here. It's not going to change in 10 picks from now. There you go. We're comfortable with all these guys. We've got two or three names back here. Let's go there.
2: What about
1: Taco? Huh? What about Taco? I don't think Taco was a first-round great. No, he
2: He, he wasn't a first-round great. I'm pretty
1: sure he wasn't a first-round great. He wasn't. Yeah. I mean, most drafts are what they're like 17, 18, 19 yeah. Yeah. First round grade guys in a draft. I, I mean, think they're gonna get a first round grade dude. I don't
3: know if that's Derwin James. I don't know if that's Roquan Smith. I don't know if that's you Roquan know Calvin Smith Calvin Ridley. To them.
2: Or is Washington? I'd America. be
3: so. Shocked. People don't like Roquan for some reason. I've read really? a lot of stuff where they they say he's like playing outside of the scheme. He's two hundred and twenty like, pounds. Freestyle and
1: like two twenty. Yeah, I mean, a little light. Darren but that, don't strong. you think he will gain? Some, I mean, he will gain some weight, though. Yeah, right? he will. And there and there are linebackers in today's NFL that are doing really well. That are under, what you'd call undersized yeah. guys that can just mm-hmm. fly around. Like this is a guy he's expected this week to run into what four fives. Yeah, yeah well, so, He's very instinctive. If he so if he's he got instincts and he's extremely fast for a linebacker, now you got a guy that's covering the entire field, sideline to sideline. That's valuable at whatever weight it yeah. is, right? And, and if he is, can tackle, he's a sure a tackle. That's a that's a good player.
2: What is Edmonds' way?
3: Oh. Uh, Tremaine, I don't know. He's bigger. I think he, he's definitely taller. than real it's Like two fifty. Yeah, he's, he's not going to
2: drop down to nineteen, huh?
3: Mm, no, I doubt. <laughs> Darn it! Uh, they're going to get a good player though. Nineteens, yeah. 19's, nineteen's. 19's you a can really get a good player, good no doubt. Spot. But
1: you get into the twenties, and I think that does change a little bit. Yeah. I, mean, I personally, I think that. I good. know it's uh, around here.
4: It's never too early to talk draft, but the team and what they have and what they need is still going to change. I mean, that's why that's free true. agency always trumps it now because you know that they may get oh. they may get players no one's going to be talking about durwin james assuming yeah. assuming
1: assuming they are semi-aggressive in free agency because but the mo right. lately has been let's st- sit yeah. back and wait and see what falls to us which means that by draft maybe they don't have those those kinds right. of goals because that's
2: a great point because look at last year's draft and free agency just in particular you had all these guys that were dbs that were on you know question marks and you didn't know so at this point last year you don't know what they're going to do and then they went so aggressive in the draft with that i yeah. mean saturating just getting those yeah Young secondary players. Yep. So. Yeah.
1: It but was they, pretty clear once we finished the oh, draft what my. they were doing in the secondary. They, they were going young. Yeah.
3: yeah. I like what they've done in terms of committing to the draft, not spending big money on free agents. And a lot of it has to do with cleaning up their cap sheet because mm-hmm. it was a mess. But we're almost clear of that. Yeah. It's, we're almost back in the game where you have money to spend. I've said it before. If you go look at the free agency, you go look at the
4: history of free agency, about every three years, they, they they make some splashes, you know. They, they sit back, they sit back. Where are we now in the cycle? It's about time. It's yeah, it's about it's, de- it's definitely time for that because, it, it, like you said, it's the bookkeeping. It's mm-hmm. that you know. So, what do
2: you feel like was the last big splash? Just out of I mean, I, you. I mean, curiosity. Where you stand?
4: I just remember the day that they signed like five guys in one day. But I, I know they went Brandon right well, Carr that day. But I think that they've gone it. They've gone like twenty fourteen. I mean, Trey Hardy. Yeah, I mean, they weren't really competing against anyone yeah. with that. It was just, do they want to make the decision? And, you know, I mean, the, but I'm talking about like, really like, going yeah. out there, throwing, throwing, the, and they, no, they threw money out there for, for that. Um,
2: thinking more money-wise.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's time, though. I think they, they can do a few things, but it all starts with, Zach Martin and Lawrence and Dez, if they can figure out some
1: situations where they can be aggressive. The reason why I think it's time is is mainly because I think they got the kind of team right now that you add the right kind of veterans mm-hmm. to this mix. You've got the base. They have the base on this team to have a really, really good team. I'm talking a Super Bowl contending team. I think with the addition of a couple pieces, I think you can take your team from being good to a real perennial yeah, because if, if you look at Philadelphia Tinder. and add and
4: the guys that they added, the, the the argument could be made that the most valuable person they added wasn't really even this year, but a couple years before with Malcolm Jenkins. Yep. And I think that the Cowboys look at that scenario and see who who else is but out there. they were there. aggressive
1: in, in free agency. And Perfect. even during the season this year, they were aggressive. Like, they kept throwing more players at it. And I think the Cowboys have that kind of team where if they're aggressive right now, like— the question is financially, are they are they in a position where they can be aggressive like that? But I think if they feel like they are, I think they got the base to be able to. to I make think a the run core the
3: core is there. Yeah, and the reasons I'm you were nine say. and seven are fixable, yeah. right? their are injuries. You had rookies playing a lot of places. One of your best players missed six games. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: you were yeah. nine and seven with, as Nick said, three of your most important players missing significant time during the season. You still came out nine and seven. Yeah, you've got a good base. Now, can you add the right mix in to be able to take you over the hump? And I think they're at that point where there's a good, compelling case can be made that if they spend their money the right way this offseason, they can put themselves in position to be that kind of team.
2: What a great point to end us on today. What a positive,
1: positive, positive. I just like to do what I can do when I can do it. a
2: high note. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, William. What? (laughs) Thank you, Dave Hellman, for joining us today. Douglas, all making it happen on this crazy Combine Week. Stay tuned to all the draft shows, as they said, that will be coming out every night around 5.30 Eastern time, 4.30 Central time. Just stay tuned to dallascowboys.com for everything. We're two weeks away from free agency. Lots to talk about. Thanks for joining today.
3: First thing they did last off season was think they were
1: good enough. We Make that argument. Yep. And I, I think this year uh, you just look I think I think this is something that's been happening.